the three general stooges appear on Capitol Hill. The Salt Bay, Nusret Gorske, is in the news again for overpriced steaks. And if you want to put in a gas grill in Encitas, California, you are out of luck. Bold Alpha is presented by Davidoff of Geneva. Introducing the new Avo Caribe. Experience the flavor created by a synchronized blend from the Caribbean, accentuated with a touch from Central America. Head to the land where palms sway to the breeze of the sea with the new Avo Caribe. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Trenta, commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence. The Gurkha Trenta is Everything you'd expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction. Exquisite flavor. Exquisite pleasure. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Greetings and salutations. It is Alpha Day front and center from Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA, and we welcome you to Bold Alpha, your home for alpha male lifestyle and conversational maneuvers and unabashed commentary. Well, the three general stooges that presided over the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan have been testifying on Capitol Hill. They sat in front of the Senate committee overseeing uh, them yesterday, and today they are in front of a House committee. Watching these three clowns, these three stooges, the only thing after I heard them speak on a continual basis that I could think of was these guys are not General Patton. They are not General Eisenhower. They are not General Schwarzkopf. We have transcended from military generals to now political generals. They couldn't even answer questions outright. They danced around things, they, they tiptoed, they, they, they never answered. When they were asked a simple question, is it raining out today? It was a three-minute dissertation. Is it sunny out today? Well, we'll have to talk about that in classified committee meetings. Everything they came up with an excuse for. And Millie Mouse, General Mark Millie Mouse, was queried and questioned about him speaking to his Chinese compatriot, if you will, overseeing the Chinese military. And he danced around those questions. What we are seeing today is exactly what General George S. Patton, the greatest general in the history of the world, exactly what he predicted after World War II. He said, I fear that we will now become a political unit, a political animal, rather than fighting wars and guiding our military. Was he ever correct? You look at these generals. Let's start with Lloyd Austin, former four-star general, headed CENTCOM Central Command, which is very close to where we originate Bold Alpha and our brother podcast, The Cigar Dave Show podcast from. He was the Central com uh, CENTCOM commander, I believe, I want to say two years. 
think they serve a term of two or three years. Then either they retire or they move up to a staff position at the Pentagon. Lloyd Austin, I spoke to many generals, retired generals that I know here in the Tampa area. Many that have been listening to our shows for many years. And I asked them, tell me about Lloyd Austin, now the Secretary of Defense. They all said the same thing. They said, General, that guy is as vanilla as can be. Doesn't cause any waves. You'll meet him, and the guy won't make an impression, aside from the fact that he's a very tall, big guy. But they said, when you talk to him, you're not going to remember much. You're not exactly talking about a Rhodes Scholar. You're not talking about some guy with his big dynamic personality. Now, a General Patton, a General Schwarzkopf, probably the closest general we had to a General George S. Patton. You talked to General Schwarzkopf. You met General Schwarzkopf. You remembered him. You knew exactly where you met him, what you talked about. It's vivid in your memory. Lloyd Austin, not so much. And I think we need to get away. I think Trump made a mistake by hiring a former general or military or marine commandant to become the Secretary of Defense. I think we need to stick with civilian secretaries of defense. I understand that Trump wanted to bring in Mattis, Mad Dog Mattis, as he used to say, who turned out to be a disaster. And Austin is a disaster. We need civilian control. No more waivers. Enough. But you have Austin. Then you look at General Mark Milley Mouse. What a disgrace. What an absolute pathetic excuse of a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. We've had some very distinguished chairmen of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The last three or so have been duds. Again, they become more political animals. And then General Kenneth McKenzie Jr., who oversees CENTCOM, USMC, in the Marines. Watching him on his Zoom press conferences after or during and after the Afghanistan withdrawal, and then talking about the drone strike, what a great strike it was, and we've eliminated a uh, terrorist, someone that we had great intel on that was going to attack the airport in Kabul, turned out to be 10 civilians. A man and I believe seven kids, and I think there were three other, two or three other casualties. He was transporting water. But this is our great intelligence. And remember that vice president, correction, he should be vice president. He should be no president. Biden. Remember when brainless Biden said, we're going to find out who bombed, who, who took those 13 lives, and we're going to get them. We're going to attack. They were just looking for a, to shoot a missile off, to be able to say to the American public, look, we got somebody. The CIA warned the Defense Department, the DOD, you got civilians around there. This is a problem. We can't confirm the intelligence. And then Austin said, nope, this is a legitimate strike. We think that was a worthwhile strike. And then it starts coming out, leaking out, that it was a disaster. They destroyed the lives of 10 innocent civilians. I have no problem whacking enemies, combatants, terrorists. I have a huge problem when all of a sudden you're going to start whacking innocent civilians. We look like a bunch of buffoons. 
And this is exactly what we are seeing on Capitol Hill. We're seeing now the politicization of the military and the senior commanders. Millie Mouse is a joke. McKenzie, disaster. Now, when you think of Schwarzkopf, who ran Central Command, and you think about Austin, and you think about now McKenzie, do any of them evoke pride, strength, alphaness? Not a lick. By the way, a very good friend of mine just told me that General Kenneth McKenzie and his wife have just purchased a home in the South Tampa area, a few miles from MacDill Air Force Base. He is retiring from the military December 31st of this year. Most of the senior rankings, senior ranking officers at Central Command, when they retire, a tremendous proportion of them stay in the Tampa Bay area. Great weather, great living, nice city, no taxes. It's a good place to be. They get used to living in Florida. They want to stay. General Schwarzkopf stayed. General Tommy Frank stayed for a few years before he moved back to his uh, home area where he grew up, uh, I think, in uh, Oklahoma. Mackenzie just bought a home in South Tampa. And I said to my friend, if I come and visit and I see him, I will let him know he is a disgrace of a general. He is a pathetic excuse of a CENTCOM commander. He is no General Schwarzkopf, and he is certainly no General George S. Patton. These clowns are dancing around it. And what's amazing to me is this should be something that should be apolitical. The disastrous exit, I have no problem leaving Afghanistan. I have a problem the way that we left in a chaotic, disorderly manner. And then when, when McKenzie testifies this morning, he said, look, we didn't want to stay in Bagram. Uh, my recommendation, we should abandon it. That, that, that serves no purpose. Excuse me? A, an air base situated between Iran and China is of no value? That tells you everything you need to know about General Kenneth McKenzie Jr., who is the commander of CENTCOM. We are screwed with this political class of generals. Patton was right. We are seeing weak, feckless, dumb, stupid, incredibly pathetic generals at the helm. This general, this five-star, would not be associated with them in any way, shape, or form. Avo Cigars has just launched the newest addition to the Avo Synchro series entitled the Avo Synchro Caribe. Fourth line in the Avo Synchro series, it is centered around the concept of tobacco synchronization. They incorporate the diversity, complexity, and compatibility of cigar tobaccos from the Caribbean and Central America to create a natural harmony, a Caribbean soul, a very dynamic cigar. It uses natural distribution. What does that mean? The proportions of the cigar tobaccos on any given plant perfectly matched in the blending process. So what you get is a Dominican wrapper. You get filler tobaccos from Nicaragua a binder from Ecuador that are matched absolutely perfectly. The taste, 
a lively, dynamic, harmonious flavor profile of Caribbean flavors, aromatic spices, some complex cocoa, a beautiful medium-bodied cigar with subtle sweetness resembling tropical fruits. The flavors, rhythm, and lifestyle of the tropics are encapsulated in the new Avo Synchro Caribe, available now at your cigar retailer or DavidoffGeneva.com. As Alphas, we love our meat products. I'm one of the founding members of PETA. Not that PETA. The real PETA. People eating tasty animals. We love our meat. In fact, I was just thinking about last night. For the next few weeks, actually for the next month, I'm really limiting my meat consumption. Because I tend, when I get strict and I say, okay, I'm just going to have fish, seafood, vegetables, boom. I can drop weight like that. Usually like five, six pounds a week, boom. So I started a week ago, and for about the next four or five weeks, I am limiting my meat. Now, I will have small cuts of lean grass-fed sirloin, or even a strip, maybe for dinner, six, seven ounces, no more. But I can tell you that when I get off the plan, I'm going to enjoy, I know exactly what we're going to make. Could be a brisket, could be some ribs, could be a tomahawk ribeye, no. I know exactly what. I want a rib roast. I'm in the mood for like a four-bone rib roast where I slit the, 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 the bones, keep them attached to the rib roast, get the seasoning in there. I use a special seasoning, and then I do a special rosemary type of seasoning, and then I smoke the thing at 225 high smoke for about five hours, six hours, and then I take it off the smoker for about half an hour, crank the heat up in the smoker, or you can just throw it on the grill to get a nice sear for about half an hour at 450 degrees, and you let it rest for about a half an hour. You slice that puppy up, and you've got some great rib roast, great prime rib. Oh, I'm salivating. I'm drooling. But I can tell you that there is absolutely no way on earth I would ever pay $720 for a tomahawk rib or tomahawk rib chop whether it was 16 ounces or 32 ounces there is no way on earth I would pay that kind of money in fact what I have found since the Wuhan virus pandemic has swept the globe I tend to go out for lunch but I'm not gone out for dinner anywhere near I probably go out for dinner now 10% of what I used to do. Lunch, I still go out. In fact, the last two days, I had lunch with Alpha Mother and several friends here in Tampa, going to several nice restaurants. But what I find is I get so disappointed going into a steakhouse now. And I love Fleming's. I love Morton's. Love Capitol Grill. Miss the Palm. We used to have a Palm here in Tampa. Love those steakhouses. They make great steaks. What I don't miss is paying 70 bucks for a ribeye. You know, a 16, 18, 22 ounce ribeye. I miss the sides, love the sides, whether it's the potato or the mac and cheese, the lobster mac and cheese or the cream spinach. But again, the next four or five weeks, I'm staying away. But I don't miss overpaying 
for a steak that I can get a better cut of meat at, go to Costco in their meat department, excellent meat. I can go to a restaurant depot. I can get the greatest cuts of meat. I can get a great tomahawk ribeye. Pick up like a two pound tomahawk ribeye. I can get that for probably 17, 18, 95 a pound. Now I know in certain parts of the country, it's more expensive. When I was up in Western New York Theater of Operations, Wegmans, big supermarket, destination type supermarket, well-known, very nice supermarkets, biggest ripoff for meat I've ever seen. And in fact, 80% of the meat they carry are now prepackaged, cryovac'd from a central processing facility. No thank you. Now when I got back to Tampa, Publix, well-known chain in the Southeast, started in Lakeland, Florida, now it's moved its way to Florida, well, always been in Florida, but Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. I think they've moved into, I think they're moving into Virginia, if I'm not mistaken. Their quality of meat is excellent at great prices. I mean, as an example, a USDA choice, on the bone, ribeye, bone-in ribeye, I think it was $28.95 a pound at Wegmans in Buffalo. Down here in Tampa, when I returned, it was uh, I think fourteen ninety five or fifteen ninety five. Huge difference. Now, Publix may use their meat as a loss leader. I don't know, but the prices were dramatic, and we have seen a huge spike in meat prices. I just this is interesting. I used to pay a dollar sixty nine a pound for USDA Prime whole packer briskets at Costco. That was last November, December. Then the beginning of the year, the price started to go up. Then it went to $199, then $239. I bought a brisket in early August before I departed the cigar city of Tampa to head up north for summer escape heat maneuvers. Well, I should say cool maneuvers to escape the summer heat. Before I left, I bought a full packer brisket. I think it was 17 pounds. USDA Prime at Costco. It was $4.29 a pound, most I've ever paid. Happened to be at Costco a couple of days ago. Now up to $4.69 a pound. When the Federal Reserve, when the Fed says the, the inflation we have the last few months is transient, it's going to go away. Excuse me? The cost of a, you can gauge everything by about four things. How much a dozen eggs are, gallon of gasoline, pick a meat, whether it's strip steak, whether it's uh, 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 brisket, you name it, pick it. And then maybe chicken and vegetables. You could take five, six items, and that gives you a pretty good gauge of what inflation is. Well, I can tell you, when meat, you're talking about going up, you know, almost 200%, 180%. Gasoline, we paid what less than two bucks a gallon. Now it's uh, what three ten. I just looked at. It's gone up fifty some odd percent. That's not the five percent inflation that the Fed is talking about. It's way more than that. So whenever you hear the Fed say, "Oh, it's transient. It's going away. We don't need to touch interest rates," they're lying. When the chairman of the Fed, Jerome Powell, says that inflation is only five percent. 
We know he's blatantly lying. He makes Bernie Madoff look like a saint. The Fed is purposely keeping interest rates ultra low. What has that done? We now have a housing boom that is unhealthy. 3%, 5% per year increase, fine. Last month, or actually year to date, over up 20% from the previous year in housing prices. It's unsustainable. Unsustainable. And now mortgage companies are playing the same game they played in 2008. At one time, you had to put 20% down. Then what happened in 2008? Just before that, you didn't have to put anything down. Don't worry about it. 5%, 0%, you're fine. And what happened? People bought houses they couldn't afford. And instead of saying, hey, with the working with the bank, let's work something out, they just threw the keys on and said, hey, I'm done. I don't need it anymore. I'm finished. I just talked to a friend of mine, got a mortgage through Rocket Mortgage. I said, what'd you have to put down? 10, 20%? 5%. 5%. We're right back to where we were in 2008. Mark my words, not going to happen this year. But once interest rates go up, the economy is going to cool down. It already has. We get into what's called stagflation, the worst possible economic situation you could get into. Stagnant economy, no growth, massive inflation. The only way to cool that, to cool the massive inflation, rapid interest rate increases, high interest rates, 5, 6, 8, 10, 12%. And what happens? The economy stagnates even more to the point where you get into massive recession. You have to go through the pain, destroy it before you can build it back up. Mark my words, it won't happen this year, may not happen next year, there will be a point of reckoning. But the cost of everything has gone up. And so now I used to go out to dinner to steakhouses all over the place. And then during the Wuhan virus pandemic, I started using my grill more. Always use the grill a lot, but far more. I bought a pellet smoker. And now I find that I enjoy staying home because now I can create the, get the best meats at better prices, make it the way I want. I can still, I, I call friends all the time. I said, look, I'll make the meat, you bring the sides. Great. They go to the steakhouses and get the sides, the baked potatoes or the lobster mac and cheese, whatever the case may be. We have great wine or spirits. We smoke cigars. We don't have to worry about a waiter trying to kick us out of our table. We can be casual. We can be in shorts and a, and a T-shirt or shorts and just a polo shirt. We can re- be relaxed. We can enjoy ourselves far better than going to a steakhouse. So I still go out to lunch like I do. And now what I'll do is friends that say, hey, let's get together for dinner. I'm like, let's make it lunch instead. Let's make it a late lunch, and that way we have a couple hours to burn, no problem. But I would much rather stay home. Here's a perfect case in point. We have spoken about Nusret Gokce. He is known for his Nusret steakhouses that started in Turkey, and now they're around the world. There's one in Miami, there's one in New York, and now they have opened one in Knight's Bridge in London. Big celebrity chef, big on Instagram, wears the sunglasses even at night. You know, he does this little thing where when the meat is done, he takes the the kosher salt and he sprinkles it and it goes down his arm to his elbow and it goes on the meat. Oh, he did get cited, I think in New York or one of his other restaurants for not wearing gloves. So now when he does it, he has to wear gloves and it doesn't go on his elbow. 
But you see this guy all over the place. Got the backing of, he opened a steakhouse in, in, I think, Istanbul and started getting the backing of some high rollers. And now he's got this big, fancy, fancy chain of restaurants. Ridiculous prices. Well, we talked about a number of years there was a receipt from the restaurant in New York at exorbitant prices. Well, somebody has posted a copy, a picture of the receipt they had for dinner on the 23rd of September, last week. Now, this is what they had, okay? They had a burrata. I don't know what burrata is. They had one nusret salad. Now, this is in pounds, sterling, but I'll translate it to dollars. For a nusret salad, you're looking at about 27 bucks. Two nusret sushis, you're looking at about $55. Two prawn tempura rolls, 80 bucks. One cafe, that's a type of steak. 240 an onion flour 22 bucks herb crusted fries 12 bucks one sweet corn 15 bucks one golden burger 120 bucks let's see two new shred baklava 50 bucks wait a minute you're telling me 25 bucks for a piece of baklava it goes on and on and on oh by the way one coca-cola 11 bucks a red bull 13 bucks. But the granddaddy of all ridiculous prices, a giant tomahawk that is showered with light golden flakes of gold. Now, who the hell knows how much gold they use? 600, actually, correction, it's 630 pounds sterling. You're talking about probably 20%. You're talking about $750 for a tomahawk ribeye chop. Oh, and it includes a 15% built-in service charge. The total amount of that bill was just about $2,100. Now, Nusret goes as the salt bay before anyone else, where he does the little salt thing. Well, I'm now going to be known as Pitmaster Dave or Alpha Dave SPX, Supreme Pitmaster Extraordinaire. Now, I know that Extraordinaire starts with an E, not with an X, but this is Hollywood. This is show business. So, Sergeant Steve, from now on, please refer to me as Alpha Dave or Pitmaster Dave, SPX, Supreme Pitmaster Extraordinaire. And I will tell you this. When I do a tomahawk ribeye, I'm not going to charge anybody 750 bucks because I can buy a two-pound tomahawk ribeye for about 35 bucks tops total ripoffs stay home use your smoker use your grill light up a great cigar pour yourself a great libation you'll enjoy it far more at a far better price Gurkha is known for creating the world's finest cigars and to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Gurkha brand being launched in the United States the Blenders at Gurkha created the Gurkha Trenta, celebrating and commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence. The Gurkha Trenta, everything you would expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. A nice medium, medium full-bodied cigar featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. A Nicaraguan Corojo 99 binder and the filler. Nicaraguan Corojo 99, Nicaraguan Criollo 98 created by the great 
blenders and growers at Aganorsa Farms in Nicaragua. And what you get is a signature cigar that has unique flavors, perfect spice, perfect amount of complexity on the palate, a cigar worthy of Gurkha's 30 years being available in the United States. Try the Gurkha Trenta today. You will enjoy the experience and the overall characteristic that goes into blending this magnificent cigar, a beautiful Nicaraguan puro worthy of being called Gurkha Trenta. Finally, talking about cooking. When I talk about cooking, I love to use my gas grill. I use my smoker, my pellet smoker, which uses wood pellets. No problem. Love it all. And in fact, when I'm cooking inside my home, I like using my gas range, my gas cooktop. I've had electric before. Growing up, I uh, had electric. In college, I had electric when I had an apartment. Same thing after uh, college. But when I went to gas in my home, love gas. By far, it's the greatest. Well, if you live in Encinitas People's Republic of California, you want to build a house or you want to renovate your house, you can no longer put in a gas grill, a gas cooktop, or a gas oven. Because the Encinitas City Council voted last week unanimously, five to nothing, to eliminate any installation of natural gas infrastructure on new residential and commercial construction within their city limits. Encinas is about 25 miles north of San Diego, just south of Carlsbad, the Gulf manufacturing capital of the world. There are 49 other communities in California in recent years that have done the same thing. And the excuse they use, the excuse they give, we're really excited because we're doing our part. We care about climate change. We want to be a more environmentally committed city. We're doing everything we can to get there, said Encetus Mayor Catherine Blakespear. Now, there are some exceptions, but they are reserved primarily for emergency buildings that are deemed essential facilities and for various types of restaurants that demonstrate the need to cook with a flame can get an exemption, such as Walks, pizza ovens, barbecue-themed restaurants. But if the exception is made, the restaurant must employ methods that will reduce the effect of the gas-fueled appliances, greenhouse gas. Natural gas is the cleanest burning gas. Same with propane, the cleanest burning fuel there is. It's not like you are throwing massive amounts of coal into the atmosphere. This is all about wealth transfer. That's it. Climate change is BS. You know it, I know it, Barack Obama knows it. If he's so worried about rising sea levels, then tell me, why did he spend $13 million, $13 million on a Martha's Vineyard estate that sits on the water at sea level? Do you want to know why? Because he's not concerned. He knows that climate change is a giant bullshit hoax. You'll be the one that can't do anything, but I'll guarantee if he wants gas, if he bought a house in California, he'd find a way. The Encita City Council member, one of the council members said, this is a very good ordinance that will essentially allow us to reduce our local greenhouse gases and air pollutants within our structures. So it's a very good step forward. Another 
Treehugger had to say that it's clear there is no time for modest actions to address climate change. We need our cities to act boldly. Adopting an all-electric ordinance is the first step to eliminating our dependence on fossil fuels. Oh, really? Not so fast, my tree-hugging friend. Now, in the People's Republic of California, there are multiple types of power sources for power generation. Let's go through them. There's battery storage. What happens is there are solar plants. They have to use, there's some batteries that can store that, so they have an ability to power small numbers of homes, businesses, whatever the case is. Biomass. They have about uh, 18 different biomass power plants in the state. There are two coal plants still remaining in the states, in California. They have eight geothermal power plants. They have a good number of hydroelectric. They probably have about 40 hydroelectric plants that use dams to generate power. They have some storage hydroelectricity. Nuclear. Two nuclear plants left. One of them is being decommissioned in 2015. So it is almost up, or 2025. When it's gone in 2000, 2050, 2025, four years, it's done. They have two petroleum plants, one that uses diesel, one jet fuel. And they have about 25 photovoltaic or solar power generation stations. What is the number one method of power generation in the People's Republic of California? I will give you one guess. It is natural gas. 75 natural gas power plants in the People's Republic of California. So whenever somebody says we have to eliminate gas in the home, we have to eliminate gas-powered cars, we need to go all electric. Well, if you plug your car in, you need a method of charging it. You need a power plant, a power method, a power source. If you don't have gas for a cooktop or an outdoor grill, you need electric. How on earth do you think that power is going to be generated? And when you talk to these tree huggers and they say, oh, we have to go to clean because we have to go to, to electric vehicles. EV are clean. All the cars on the road will be taken off. We'll go to clean EV vehicles. And then I ask them, how do you power it? How do you, how do you reach, you know, how do you, how do you, where's the power source? Well, you plug it in. Okay, where does the power come? Where it comes from the wall? Then you ask them, you ask these tree hugger liberal Dems and say, fine, I understand you plug it in. I understand power comes through that connection in the wall. But where is the power generated? I don't know. Wind, wind windmills, uh, uh, solar. Wrong. The most efficient method of power generation in the country currently it would be nuclear but we're not building nuclear plants anymore china is china just built i think 15 nuclear plants and they built last year i think 30 coal plants because they're going to all electric vehicles they need no more power stations but in the united states no we're not building any more power stations they want more wind they want more windmills more solar good luck during heavy peak usage Forget it. It's not going to work. Natural gas is still 
the most effective method of power generation in the country. It is also, next to nuclear, the cleanest method of generation in mass. When you're talking about 100 megawatts or more of power generation at a station. So California has 75 power plants powered by natural gas. Yet what do these tree huggers say? And all these Dems and climate change nutcases? Oh, we need to eliminate gas in the home and go all electric. But they never think about the fact that you need a power generation source. And when you query your lib friends and the climate change greenies, ask them, how are you going to power? How are you going to power these electric cars? How are you going to recharge them? Okay, no more gas in the home. Can't cook on gas for your grill, your stove, your oven. You got you to gotta use electricity. How is that powered? We're not doing, we're not, we're not eliminating carbon fuels in any way, shape, or form. All we're doing is increasing the dependence on bigger power plants rather than on people having a cooktop or an oven or a grill that's powered by natural gas or propane gas that would work just fine. In fact, I would tell you the footprint is less. The carbon footprint is less because when you're in a house and you're burning your range or your oven, there is no emissions. There are no emissions. It's the heat generated in the oven or on the cooktop. But again, these people never think. They are too stupid to figure out. So you can ban all the gas grills you want, all the gas ovens, all the gas ranges. If you think that's going to make a difference in our need for natural gas to power our homes and recharge our cars, you are dreaming. You are in fantasy land. It simply is not the case. I'm going to stick with my gas-powered range, my gas-powered grill. Anything gas is far better to cook on than electricity. That's my line, and I'm sticking to it. So remember, whenever any of these climate change greenies say, oh, you've, you've got to do something. You, you've, got to, you've got to help the environment. We're going to have rising sea levels, rising tides. All you need to do is say, I will do the same thing. I will, I will be concerned when Barack and Michelle Obama sell their Martha's Vineyard estate because they're worried about rising sea levels due to climate change. Guess what? They're not going to sell that estate. While both of them are alive, that Martha's Vineyard estate ain't going to be transferred or sold, period. Not going to happen. And remember, it's all about wealth transfer. They want you to pay more for your electricity, you to pay more for cars, while they make more money because they're on the dole and they're on the take by all these companies that say, oh, yeah, yeah, we want to be green. We, 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 we want to be carbon neutral and we want to be good corporate citizens. And then they hire all these politicians and these former politicians to go out there and tell what a great job they're doing. It is all a giant con on the American people. So tonight, I will fire up my gas-powered grill, and I will throw some nice lean chicken breasts on there and some nice vegetables, and I will gladly combust 
natural gas, or actually in my case, liquid propane, to my heart's content. You should do the same thing. As always, we tell it like it is here on Bold Alpha. Don't forget, for those of you that enjoy cigars, the cigar lifestyle, be sure to follow our brother podcast, the Cigar Dave Show podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to check out CigarDave.com, especially our Officers Club. If you want to get great cigars, three great cigars shipped to you every month in a customized Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch, three premium cigars, $22.95. You cannot beat it. A great way to enhance your palate, to enhance your enjoyment of cigars. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club. You can join there. All the details are there. Alpha Dave. Your global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief saying, live it up and screw the enemies of pleasure.